Welcome to Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. And I'm Susan. And we're here to have discussions about topics on many subjects that we hope are informative, uplifting, and fun. So let's get started. Let's. Hi, I'm Susan. And I'm Joy. Welcome to another episode of Girlish Gurus. Joy, I'm so excited because this time I get to say, Joy, what are we talking about today? <laughs> oh, we do have so much fun, don't we? This is usually my job, but I've had some other things going on and she was so kind enough to choose the topics mm-hmm. today. And so, yeah, she's going to lead the discussion, and I'm just going to ask questions. Once in a while, I can come up with a good one. And today, I feel like this is a good one. This one, I feel like, is a really important topic that we really don't pay enough attention to in the United States or around the world, really, because I found an article from the UK that talks a lot about this issue. So that tells me it's an issue around the world, not just here in the United States. Right. Yeah. And the issue we're talking about today is sleep and the benefits of sleep. Mm -hmm. And especially how sleep affects folks in our demographic, like women over 45, people who are older, and the correlation between sleep and your overall health. That's such a big and broad topic, but I really do think it is something that we need to spend a few minutes talking about. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I found three good articles that really kind of narrow it down to a few very important points that I feel like a 30-minute podcast episode (laughs) will do it justice and will give information that you can use to maybe make some changes to your sleep health in general. So that's great. I'm all about this because as Joy knows... I have not had the best sleep life for a lot of years now. I mm-hmm. keep trying different things. And I'm, so I'm hoping to get some great tips today outside of maybe what I've always read about and have already tried. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. So I kind of want to go through these articles in succession mm-hmm. and start talking about them in an orderly kind of way. The first article I found is from a website called sleepfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And this one was updated on May 25th, 2023, written by Rob Newsom and Dr. John DeBonto, an internal medicine physician. So one of the primary issues that we face with regard to our sleep as we're getting older is when you're younger, you have a particular sleep schedule or sleep routine, or maybe you've got kids or you've got all the other things in your life, stress or job or et cetera, et cetera, that puts you in a position where maybe you're operating with a little bit less sleep than maybe you should be getting. The Optimally. Right. Re- right. The recommended norm is seven to eight hours of right. sleep. Well, as we get older, that tends to change for several different reasons, primarily because the hypothalamus portion of your brain, which controls your circadian rhythms, starts to age. And as it starts to age, it's harder for you to get good benefits from the sleep that you're getting. And also, it's easier to disrupt those sleep patterns. 
So your aging hypothalamus becomes a big issue. Hmm. And also the changes in the production of hormones that you have, such as melatonin and cortisol, disrupt your sleep as you get older. So the body secretes less melatonin, which is normally produced in response to darkness and helps promote sleep by coordinating those circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. So overall, just the fact that you age has a tendency to reduce possibly the amount of sleep you're getting, but also the quality of sleep you're getting. So just aging is something to be concerned about in terms of managing a good sleep schedule and making sure you're getting enough sleep. Because there's a myth out there that as you get older, you need less sleep, and that's not true. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But the other thing that can affect your ability to get good sleep is your physical and mental health. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, mental health issues arise as you get older. Maybe you are somewhat isolated and you suffer from depression or anxiety because of that then those things can affect your sleep schedule. Seriously. Anybody who's ever been blue, either you want to sleep all the time or you're not getting enough sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. So That's very true. That's common in older people. And I think there's a connection there that maybe we could explore at some point. Older people who tend to become depressed Mm -hmm. because they're more isolated. Yes. And then you put on top of that the fact that your hypothalamus is aging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's like a one-two punch. Yep. And all of a sudden, you're finding it hard to sleep. And also, other physical conditions can affect your ability to sleep. For example, if you're suffering from pain from arthritis Mm. or you have heart disease, you're diabetic, or you have other issues... These things can affect your ability to get good sleep. Maybe you're in pain and maybe that's keeping you awake because that's a possibility. That's, you know. Well, and I think a lot of people get sleep apnea as they get Mm -hmm. older too, right? Oh, yes, for sure. Undiagnosed, most of it, I would guess, right? Mm -hmm. Boy, can that screw up your sleep. Oh, for sure. For sure. So. So all of these things can really affect how... You're sleeping and the quality of sleep you're getting. And on top of that, another issue, (laughs) another issue (laughs) that older people might have to deal with is medications. So you're taking certain medications and they can also disrupt your sleep. And that's that's a huge issue. Right. So a lot of people might say, well, you're older. You don't need as much sleep as when you're younger, when you're really actually shorting yourself. (laughs) Typically, I mean, I know I did as uh, absolutely. a young attorney. I was, I I was lucky. I got a lot. six hours of sleep a night. That was a good night if I mm-hmm. got six mm-hmm. when I was working and corporate. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all these issues now become more pronounced as you get older. When you think, oh, I'm going to have time to sleep, but then all these other issues step in and could potentially disrupt your sleep. And poor sleep quality in older adults can be related to lifestyle changes that come along with aging. So you're in retirement. You no longer have to get up and go to work. You have less of a structured day. And so you can stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning watching old movies (laughs) and then sleep as late as you want. Or you can nap during the day. So napping during the day, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but napping during the day can also disrupt your good sleep schedule and keep you from getting a good seven hours of solid sleep every night. 
And of course, then you have loss of independence. It's a possibility. Maybe you live in a facility. Mm -hmm. Then people are coming in and checking on you, or maybe it's loud. Right. And so you're not getting the quality sleep that you normally would if you're in a dark place that's quiet. You can have a shifting sleep schedule. This article calls it phase advance, and that's what we were talking about. Many older people get tired earlier in the afternoon and wake up earlier in the morning. Some older people wake up at night. Maybe they have to get up and go to the bathroom, and they have a hard time getting back to sleep after that. Longer recovery from changes in sleep schedule are also an issue. So this becomes sort of a snowball effect. You're having trouble sleeping, but you're not able to recover from lost sleep as quickly. It's kind of like jet lag. So when you experience changes in your sleep schedule, it's harder to recover from that, much like you have issues when you travel and you've got jet lag. Mm -hmm. So that's an issue too. And here we come to the topic of napping a little bit. Some experts suggest that a short daytime nap may be beneficial, but some think that it's not a good thing. Either way, the accepted rule of thumb is keep your naps to 30 minutes or less and try to nap earlier in the day if you're going to do that. Again, the common misconception is you feel like you need less sleep as you get older, but that's not true. You still need seven hours of sleep at least. And so that's that's our body's time to heal Mm -hmm. and recover. And I don't think it matters your age. I don't think it does either. There are some guidelines. We're going to get to that in a second. But that's a misconception that is born out of a lot of different things. However, the truth is, in order for you to maintain your optimal health, sleep is a critical part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've always believed my whole entire life. If there were an Olympics for sleepers, I would be a gold medal world champion. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. I'm envious. Well, I am an extra super double good sleeper. (laughs) Now, of course, menopause has changed that. And I notice my sleep is a little bit different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, well, I want to make sure I get enough sleep because I know I'm less than my best self when I haven't gotten enough sleep. Yep, me too. So for me, sleep is really, really critical to just functioning every day. But also these articles are proving out that not only is it critical for you to function every day, It's also a primary pillar of optimal health as you age. And that, I think, is becoming more and more talked about the importance of sleep as one of the major pillars of your health care and maintaining Mm well-being so that you have longevity in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a primary connector of longevity. Also, there's a lot more information out there about studies involving sleep in older people. Mm -hmm. And sleep issues are common in older adults. Between 40 and 70% of older adults have chronic sleep issues. And up to half of cases may be undiagnosed. So that's good to know. Chronic sleep problems can significantly interfere with an older person's daily activities and reduce their quality of life. And there are several sleep issues that are especially common in older adults. We talked about it before. Pain, nighttime urination, insomnia, daytime drowsiness, sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome. Oh, yeah. My -hmm. mother had that. Yeah? Yes. It's terrible. And also... REM sleep behavior disorder, which primarily affects older people. Now, this one I was a little curious about, but Hmm. 
Basically, while most people's bodies do not move while they're dreaming, this disorder can cause people to physically act out in their dreams, sometimes violently. Wow. How about that? I never even heard of that. I know in dementia patients or Alzheimer's patients, there's also something that happens called night shading where they wake up at night and they don't know. They think it's day. Right. They get disoriented. They get disoriented and they don't know. So then that sleep screws up their all their sleep and gosh, they need it more than anybody. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because actually there is a link between your cognitive health Mm-hmm. and how much sleep you're getting. Yes. And we've got some discussion in another article about that. Yeah. Which so. is eye-opening. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. last but not least, in this article, they talk about sleep tips for older adults. Research has shown that older people can take steps to improve their sleep. And these steps often involve focusing on improving sleep hygiene and developing habits that encourage sleep. And they're mostly what you might think of. Get some exercise. Mm -hmm. People who exercise regularly fall asleep faster, sleep longer, and report better quality sleep. Exercise is one of the best things older people can do for their health. Reduce bedroom distractions, television, smartphones, And if you can reduce any screen time at least 30 minutes before you go to sleep or you're getting ready to go to sleep, that's a good thing. Avoid substances that discourage sleep. Substances like alcohol, tobacco, caffeine, and even large meals late in the day can affect you. And keeping a regular sleep schedule. Right. Making sure you're going to bed at the same time, making sure you have your nighttime routine, how you wind down, those kinds of things. Don't nap late in the day. If you're going to nap, nap earlier. Those things are all pretty standard. We've heard them before. Mm -hmm. And again, I think as we go through these articles and we see just how important good sleep is, if you're not maintaining this kind of a good sleep hygiene, hopefully it will give you the impetus to try to start doing that. Because if you start with the basics, you might find that you need less medical intervention. Right. And that you are feeling better as you step into your post-40 years, let's say. But And I know for a lot of women... They've got additional things they do, like they might take a bath or they have their whole removing their makeup and their skincare routine and putting lotion on, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just making that a regular part, something that can relax you and ease you into your sleep, I guess. Well, and I also have heard of people doing things like a sleepy time meditation or some type of yoga Mm-hmm. But not hard exercise. No, no, no. You shouldn't exercise later than three or four hours before bed, according to the research that I've done. That's something you should do earlier in the day, if at all possible. And the other thing that I have been trying, I'm not sure if it's helping or not, but I've been trying using brown noise or there's white noise. There's all different colors of noises now that you can listen to or just soothing music mm-hmm. to help you ease into your sleep or fall to sleep. Well, one of my sisters, she's in the medical field and she swears by a type of aromatherapy Mm. that is something she's seen help with older folks getting to sleep. And also she used it on my dad the last time he went to visit. (laughs) 
<laughs> which I fully support. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And she said it seemed to work pretty well for him. So hmm. that's something you might want to look into as I well. I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I didn't read that in any of these articles, but she did give me that heads up. Okay. So I'm always up for... Hey, I'll try anything. Any solution if you need help sleeping, especially as we step into these menopause years and we find difficulty in things we used to take for granted. Yes. Like, oh, I got five and a half, six hours. I can get up and go to court and do whatever. Yeah. No, not anymore. <laughs> so, all right. This next article I found was more appropriate for our demographic, which I see as women over 45. Mm-hmm. And it's from a website called GoodRx, which there's a lot of great information on there. But this article was really, really good. Written by Dr. Tracy Norfleet. And she had a lot of things to say. A good night's sleep lets your body and mind repair and recharge. Mm -hmm. Getting enough sleep is one of the most important things you can do for your health. Sleep not only helps your physical health, but also boosts your mood and improves your thinking. However, here's the extra thing that she said that I found was very interesting. Sleep and aging are closely linked. Not just longevity. But actually aging. Really? Hmm. She goes on to say, many people think they don't need as much sleep as they get older, but this isn't true. Older adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. If you're having sleep changes as you get older, here's what your sleep changes could mean for your health. So I found this really interesting because I feel like women our age, we're always looking to take care of ourselves better. Yeah. And more self-care. Right. And we want to look our very best. Of course. As we get older. And it's hard. It is very hard. Very hard. (laughs) And little did I know that lack of sleep could be feeding into that. Of course, we always know, oh, you can tell when somebody hasn't slept well. You can see sometimes they might have puffy eyes or something like that. But she says poor sleep is linked to signs of premature aging. It also puts more stress on the body, making it harder to recover from everyday wear and tear. Basically, not getting enough sleep magnifies visible signs of aging. It can make you look older. (laughs) One study showed that people who don't get enough sleep had more visible signs of aging like wrinkles and under-eye bags. Their skin also took longer to recover from minor everyday damage from things like sunlight. Hmm, That's interesting. It is interesting. I mean, you sit and think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. That is a pretty powerful motivator to try to clean up your sleep hygiene if you're having issues with that. And I have noticed that myself. When I don't get a good night's sleep, I do. I look particularly bad. I've had a very close friend of mine who shall remain nameless say to me, and it's not Susan, by the way. <laughs> but I've had a very close friend of mine say to me, I can tell you didn't sleep well last night. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think it's visible on me as well. Mm. I do. I know for sure it's visible on me. I have no, no question about that. And that's worrisome, but I do think that what's visible on your outside is... An indication of what's going on inside. Right. For sure. Yeah. Without question. Because I'm much more concerned with how the lack of sleep is affecting my internal stuff, honestly, and my brain than maybe my looks. Maybe I shouldn't be, but but that's... I think you always look beautiful. (laughs) But that is a concern. And -hmm. we're going to talk about the link between your cognitive ability and how much sleep you're getting in a minute. One more article that really talks about that. But we just want to be our best selves as we get older. Yes. 
So not only is our skin, our face, our countenance affected Mm -hmm. by how much sleep we get. Also, if you're not getting enough sleep, it could increase the risk of you getting things like diabetes and prediabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and heart attacks. Absolutely. And here is another big one that I have actually noticed in myself. If you're not getting enough sleep, it could affect how well you're managing your weight. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that to be true. Because when I'm tired, I don't have the willpower to not eat that bag of cookies. Well, you know what? You're right about that. And I also don't have the energy to cook a healthy meal or prepare a healthy meal versus trying to do something that's going to be quick and probably not as healthy for me. Yes, ma'am. So there you go. We've just proved that out, haven't we? Right. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. When you're tired, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna eat it, whatever it is. That it's candy true. bar, that donut that you know you probably shouldn't eat that's going to mess up your noom cycle, I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's something to think about. Yep. Your skin, your weight, and health. Po- your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is a perfect segue into the next paragraph. Poor sleep dampens your mood. It can also affect your mental health. We've talked about that before. And there is a series of studies that suggest people who slept fewer than six hours a night were more likely to say they had trouble managing their emotions. Oh, I think that's true for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you've had small children and they haven't slept well and you can see how grumpy and grouchy they are. Cranky. They get cranky. That's what's going on. Yeah. Happens to my dad too. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not suggesting that he's a small child, but... He does get cranky when he's mm-hmm. hasn't had enough sleep. Okay, so now we're going to talk about brain function a little bit. Okay. Now, for me, this is an issue that is all about menopause. So I noticed when I hit my perimenopause years, and specifically when I was in, you know, menopause, you hit that 12th month, that one day, right? Mm-hmm. I noticed brain fog was an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Norfleet also suggests that lack of sleep can slow down your thinking. Oh, I know that's true. I do too. I do too. And so for those of us who are menopausal women and we're already not getting enough sleep, that's going to compound the effect of brain fog Absolutely. Due to menopause. And it did me. Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. Absolutely did. For sure. So if you're getting seven hours of sleep, then that's just one step closer to trying to boost your cognitive ability. And that's especially important in these postmenopause years. Yes. So that's something to think about. In large studies, older adults who got five hours of sleep had more trouble with memory and had more word-finding difficulties than adults who got at least seven hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. So if you're Mm -hmm. having brain fog that's due to peri, menopause, or postmenopause, maybe working on your sleep hygiene would be something that can help you out a lot. And poor sleep does make you more likely to get sick because it's an immune system issue. I think we've talked about that a little bit before, especially in this day and age when we're concerned about transmitting illnesses Mm -hmm. more so than we have been in some years past. If you want to strengthen your immune system, try to get at least seven hours of sleep. And now here's a big one for you and me. Lack of sleep can weaken your balance. Yes. 
And you and I have discussed this quite a bit Mm -hmm. because your parents, as they aged, that was an issue. My father, he's falling a lot. My father-in-law is falling a fair amount. And lack of sleep can weaken your balance. Mm -hmm. So as you get older, trying to get seven hours of sleep, which is the optimal amount, according to most folks out there who are studying sleep and et cetera, that's going to also help you maintain good balance. And that's a cognitive thing, too. That's a brain fog thing to a certain extent, in oh, my sure. opinion. sure. It is. It's all related. Sure. Absolutely. So that's something you need to be aware of. Now, she also talks about how much sleep you should get by age. And these are guidelines created by the National Sleep Foundation. Adults younger than 65 should get between 7 and 9 hours of sleep per night. Fewer than 6 hours of sleep a night is considered insufficient. For adults older than 65, you should aim for seven to eight hours of sleep per night, and anything less than five isn't enough. So that's something to think about. All right, and finally, I found an article that concisely summed up the connection between your cognitive health and the amount of sleep you get, and it's from a website, ageuk.org, and we'll put all this information in the description of this podcast episode. But the reason I chose this article, because there's a massive amount of information out there about sleep studies. Absolutely, and there is. Yeah. Even a foundation that has, is studying it, et cetera. But the reason I chose this one is because there is a global council on brain health, apparently, in the UK. And this article came out of studies done by the Global Council on Brain Health. And for me, in some ways, I feel like Europe is more focused on wellness to a certain extent. I think as a population, they're healthier. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So wellness is something they cultivate to a great extent. And so for me to read this article that came out of the Global Council on Brain Health in the UK, it was something I wanted to incorporate just to give a little more oomph to that connection. Because again, as we get older, in order to keep your brain sharp, you need to do certain things. You need to exercise. It's like a muscle. But also... You need to feed it. You need to continue to be active and get it plenty of oxygen and blood and all those kinds of things. And also, you need to get plenty of sleep. So this article talks about the connection between sleep and brain health. And it's okay if your sleep pattern changes a little bit as you age. That's not uncommon. They suggest that what you need to look out for are things like persistent sleepiness in the daytime which is not a normal part of aging, and persistent and prolonged chronic inadequate sleep or other abnormalities with regard to your sleep pattern that come on as you get older, right? Like, for example, the REM sleep behavior, if you're acting out violently in your sleep, that's something that should not be happening. And at that point, you need to speak with someone, a doctor or someone who specializes in this field, to try to get it sorted out. One of the things they talk about is how to tell if you have a sleep disorder. And so here are some of the symptoms that they discuss that may reveal that you have a sleep disorder and that indicate your need to have to talk to a A healthcare professional. Right. So persistent difficulties falling asleep or staying asleep, drowsiness in the daytime, low energy or fatigue, which, hmm, 
slippery slope there because yeah. menopausal women, <laughs> right. you, know, you have low energy and fatigue, and that's that's a whole different issue. Difficulty paying attention and concentrating, again, that could be something menopausal women are suffering from. Hormonal. Mm-hmm. Abnormal behavior during sleep, such as kicking, calling out, or shouting, acting out dreams, waking up short of breath. Hmm. That's a big one. Well, that could indicate sleep apnea. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. For so. sure. Uncomfortable sensations in the legs at bedtime or restless leg syndrome. Right. Are also something to be aware of that you might need to have treatment for in right. order to resolve it. And they talk a lot about sleep hygiene as well. Pretty standard suggestions across the board there. However, they do add that you need to get exposure to daylight by going outdoors or sitting by a window. Mm in order to get your circadian rhythms yes. back on track and keep them there if you've gotten them out of whack somehow. I have read that it's important to do it as early in the day as you can to expose yourself to some of the sunlight if possible. Hmm, that makes sense to me. Morning sunlight yeah. has a different effect mm-hmm. than afternoon sunlight would. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, again, if you're having any of those symptoms – you probably need to talk to a healthcare professional. Right. And we've discussed proper sleep hygiene. That's kind of a no-brainer to a certain extent. You have heard these things yeah. in mainstream media for quite some time. The so, brain-sleep connection. Well, maybe we'll talk about that another time. There's so many good topics to discuss around our health mm-hmm. and how we can live longer and better. So... We'll keep trying to find those topics that we think will be helpful and interesting for everybody. For sure. And I really wanted to talk about this one because I saw an article. I forwarded it to you yes. recently. And it had a list of wellness goals, basically, mm-hmm. or pillars that you probably ought to be paying attention to as you get older in order to maintain optimum health. Right. And one of them was maintaining good sleep. Yes. And so for me, that was just a huge aha moment. I've kind of known it before, but as I get older, as I've crossed over into my 50s, these kinds of things are sort of jumping out at me and becoming more important, right? Sure. (laughs) Because I'm aging and I want to make sure that I'm – having as satisfactory a life as possible. And if that means getting more sleep or maybe making small lifestyle changes or eating a different diet or et cetera, et cetera, then I want to try to do it as best I can. Well, I think we probably need to do a whole episode on, um, we've kind of talked about aging Mm -hmm. and the blue zones here and there. But there's, there's a lot of information out there about longevity now. There's the book that I am reading, and I wish I could remember of the name of it. but That's Outlive, The Science and Art of Longevity? Yes. Dr. Peter Adia? Yes. Okay. I think it's pronounced Atia, but oh. that's all right. Yes, so he is on that show with Chris Hemsworth about longevity and making sure you're doing everything possible to live your healthiest and longest life. Mm-hmm. And that show's just incredible too. Plus, 
Dan Buettner has a new special coming out on Netflix yes. all about the Blue Zones. Yes. Which, again, is about staying as healthy as possible for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. So these are all good things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hopefully you've gotten something out of this podcast episode. Yes. Whether Absolutely. It, whether it is some information about some older person in your life who may be having some kind of difficulty that could be solved by a little attention to their sleep hygiene, mm-hmm. or whether it is for yourself mm-hmm. and maybe some impetus to just do some self-care yeah. and try to get a little bit better sleep maybe, if you can. Yeah, change habits a little bit and see if it works. Yeah. Take care of yourself as much as you can because you're worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Joy, this was fantastic. And while I think I am doing a lot of these things, I am actually feeling better about my routine because I'm really trying to stick to it now. And while I have tried these things before, I don't know that I was sticking to the routine the way I probably should have. I've been pretty diligent the last few weeks, and I think I'm finally starting to see an improvement. So stay tuned. We'll see. But I'm hopeful. I really am. Mm -hmm. But thank you for all of this. And hopefully hopefully it it helps some folks out there. Our discussion will help somebody else out there. I I, I really hope so. Me too. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yes, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for another fun and interesting topic. And please be sure to check the notes for information and links that were included in this discussion today. Also, don't forget you can find us on our social media platforms, starting with Instagram, Facebook, and now, including YouTube. You can find us by searching Girlish Gurus. And please remember to give this episode a good review and share it with your girlfriends, because the more interaction we get with our podcast episodes, the more episodes we can post. Finally, you can find us on our website, girlishgurus.com. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye.